Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that tickets to The One, which is our two-day in-person leadership experience, are now available at early bird pricing. So if you're in Australia or New Zealand, then you're absolutely going to want to check this out. The One is designed to expand leadership capacity with big shifts reported from participants in confidence, communication, directiveness, solutions thinking, decision making and even conflict resolution. You can check out the case studies over on the website of people who have already done this event and the results they experienced across multiple areas of their lives months later. It has just been such a catalyst for change. That's been more impactful and I've had more revelations and light bulb moments go off than anything that I've ever looked at. I feel like my perspective has completely shifted. It's just, it's been life changing for me. Do yourself a favour and get this locked in for yourself before prices go up. Grab your tickets to one of the events in either Australia or New Zealand over at theoneliveevent.com. It's also linked below. Welcome to the Lead a New Future podcast. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, a senior leadership trainer with close to two decades of experience. The leadership I'm about is one that values respect and transparency while harnessing our ability to effect change. With a clinical background, I've worked within highly acclaimed leadership teams in the health sector of New Zealand before spending a decade facilitating advanced leadership experiences across multiple countries. And here's the thing about leadership. Leadership is just as important within our homes as it is within every level of our community, teams and organisations. In this podcast, you'll find a variety of conversations that connect to our leadership and our lives, where we can impact what matters, where it matters. Let's get into it. In this particular episode, we're going to have a really important conversation looking at what is actually happening for many women who are really operating at quite a high capacity, why they are operating at such a full capacity and often women are feeling so kind of full in their space and there's so much stuff going on on their plate. What we're actually going to look at in this conversation is something that we can term high-functioning people-pleasing. Hmm. And we're going to look at a really key aspect of it, which is actually overperforming, over-functioning. So if you're a, the kind of person who is often feeling like you're stretched amongst a lot of different things, you're stretched over a lot of different stuff, you really want to pay attention to this conversation because on the surface, it looks all very innocent. Underneath what often is happening is that there is an overcompensation for a few things. And what ends up happening is that you're actually taken on way too much than what you really need to be and actually could be if you were to step back and reestablish maybe some healthy boundaries and some things like that. And even though on the surface it looks good and innocent and kind and productive and all the rest of it, it actually kind of has like a dark underbelly that's overcompensating for some stuff and it actually has a major impact, a major impact on yourself and your capacity and your vibrancy and your potential. But it also has a capacity, and this is where it becomes quite a vicious cycle, on the people in your life, both family 
or even at work in terms of the teams you're working with or your colleagues you're working with or your environment. Because when we over-function, we teach people to under-function around us. That is what we're going to dive into today. Now, I want to start here. Usually when we talk about people-pleasing, so many women think, I'm not a people-pleaser. Like, I don't do that. That's not that's something that people do that they're kind of like more in survival and they're maybe a bit more desperate. And they, you know, we have an idea frequently of what, of who a people pleaser is. And I can't tell you the amount of extraordinary, high functioning, successful women that I personally coach in leadership coaching. And when we first of all start working together, they, they really have it that they're not a people pleaser. And they come wanting to deal with some key things and wanting to have breakthroughs in certain areas. They want to have breakthroughs in certain levels of results and performance. And they think that the area that they're going to have a breakthrough is in one certain thing. But what actually gets revealed through working together is that what's going on behind the scenes or under the surface is very different to what they actually realize and the impact of what's going on under the surface is where they're actually being throttled in terms of their results and their performance and what they're able to even achieve capacity-wise. So basically they're at capacity. Why? Because they're at capacity. So under sorry, over-functioning is when we take on more than our 100%. If you look at uh, like two people in relationship, two people – it could be relationship in family, in a family type situation, or it could be two people in relationship in a work type situation, in any type situation, friendship. But we've got two people. Each of those two people have their own 100% responsibility on their side of the fence. Because we think that usually, you know, a relationship is a 50 50 thing. It's not, it's actually each person has a full 100% that they get to show up at their 100% and contribute at 100% from their side. Now, over-functioning happens when you take on your 100%, but you also reach over and you take some of the other person's 100% also. So you're doing your 100%, yep, awesome, but you're also taking on some of the other person's responsibilities as well. And when you take on some of their stuff, they then have less than 100% that they have to do, provide, show up for. So what happens in a scenario of where someone is over-functioning, and this happens for particularly women who have just a lot of capacity within them, they are, um, you know, bright, intelligent, they have, um, they're really successful, often perfectionists. What happens is that they, they, they become over-functioners, and then what happens is that they teach people around them to under-function. Either that or they attract in underfunctioners into their lives. And then this will happen in family scenarios and it will also happen in workplace uh, scenarios. So what will tend to happen is that if a woman is this kind of overfunctioner, 
She will be exhausted. She will have a ton of stuff that's on her plate. She will frequently get annoyed with how people are just ineffective or they just are lazy and they don't get it and they're not pulling their weight. And uh, that other people, they don't understand the systems, for example, or blah, blah, blah. And that they sort of set themselves up over time. And I've classically been like this as well, which is why I truly understand the um, the, the nature of, of how this works because I've had to untangle it from myself and really step back and first of all work on the inside of me to actually update my system so that I'm not performing as a as a as an overfunctioner and then I've had to put systems and boundaries and processes in place around me to as the bar as I've raised the bar personally with what I allow and don't allow and what understanding what's mine and what's not mine as I've raised that bar I've had to reestablish new boundaries and I've had to reestablish new processes and the way we quote unquote do things around here both in our family but also within my company and then what's happened over time is that performance has raised around me because basically my hands have gone off other people right? I've gone hands off. You know, you honestly, if you're listening to this, you really want to take a note of even just that one little phrase. I've gone hands off on other people's stuff. And so in going hands off on other people's stuff, the people around me, both within my family, that includes marriage stuff, that includes kids, and also within my team, and this has been an overtime thing, they have shown up more and more and more to newer and higher capacities. So they have started to, you know, over time actually be operating at full performance. Now, this has been over a number of years, and now we've got an entirely new team. And I've got to say, our team functions super highly. There are, I operate within a team of independent leaders because. I got accountable for what I was bringing and what I was training in my environment. So in the process of doing this, in the process of really going hands-off and, and instead of doing everything for everyone, I shifted my focus to developing capacity around me, which was a very much a shift of focus. And in doing that, the leadership absolutely shifted. So um, there's so much I could say about this, but even as I'm talking, I, you know, wonder if you're really starting to recognize it within yourself and starting to maybe see some new things of where in the past or even now you've set things up that has had people underperform around you, where people have become too reliant on your input or your actions, or your knowledge. And that perhaps what you've done is you've set yourself up as the central point where everyone goes to for the thing, whether it's the answer, or the solution, or the whatever. And it really is almost like a high-performing aspect of codependency, where when you are an over-functioner and you're training under-functioning around you, you set people up to be reliant on your rescuing. It's kind of like a tough thing to sort of be kind of confronted with, hey, because, you know, what it happens with is people who are very successful and high-performing. And so to actually kind of get confronted with the fact that, holy shit, this isn't just me because I'm just exceptional. It's actually that I am rescuing people and I'm teaching people to underperform. 
holy shit. I worked with an extraordinary business owner uh, a while back and she had worn almost like a badge of honor the fact that she was just the point of solution for everyone. And so she kind of came into the coaching with me and um, she was really proud of this fact. She was proud of the fact that she was the answer to everyone and that she, that people couldn't really um, do their jobs fully without her and that, you know, everyone came to her. You know, it was the point of um, clients would phone her that really needed to go through the through her team, not her. You know, she was at the level of CEO, but she kind of in her own mind, but functionally she should have been at the level of CEO or operate, but operationally or functionally, she was operating at the level of a admin person. She was operating at the level of front desk. She was operating at the level of sales. She was operating at the level of multiple roles within her company, whereas she should quote unquote, you know, have been operating at the level of a CEO and of a director but she wasn't actually functioning like that because she had established for everyone that she was available for this and she was available for that and she was available for this and available for that. And, you know, she came to our coaching really proud of that fact. Whereas, and then what she was wanting a breakthrough and was a breakthrough in um, sales and their, and their actual income into the business and their turnover. But what, and she thought that the answer was going to lie in something entirely different, but what she actually started to get quite confronted with over the you know couple of first couple of weeks of working together is how much she was actually operating from a super unhealthy place and she she and her company was at maximum capacity operating from this space, so she was wanting results she was wanting you know to double their their company's results financially. And in order to do that, she had to have a quantum leap shift in who she was being and how she was showing up. She actually had to step into the level of CEO and director in all ways, which meant going hands off other areas that she had been so intimately involved in. So she was now no longer available for doing for doing sales, for doing admin work, for doing all the rest of it. Now, now then what happened is that as she went hands off doing those things, her 100% responsibility on her end was in shifting her focus to uh, building the actual capacity in the the team that she already had employed to do these roles. So instead of them coming to her and then her just stepping in every time and doing the do, her her focus and her shift went to actually building the capacity into the people that she had employed and building some new systems and some new infrastructure that supported her to then fully step out of those key roles and step more into CEO director sort of position, which then allowed her to be way more strategic in actual business growth activities. And they had, you know, huge breakthroughs within their company. Uh, But it was not necessarily the, 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 the results didn't lie in strategy initially. It relied in a real shift in who she was being within her company. Now, we just talked about business stuff there and these multi- multiple examples of you know high-level um, businesswomen that I work with where this happens, but also it happens in families. You know, when we are you look into relationships or even to parent-child stuff where um, a lot of mums 
are doing the lion's share of the work and that everyone then relates to mum as the person or the wife as the person who will just do it all. And, you know, you know, to be fair, you know, that's absolutely how our relationship was set up in the earlier years because I myself set it up like that. And, you know, I would get pissed off and I'd get resentful at Hinari in the early years because I was like, why isn't he doing this? Why doesn't he um, know how to access the bank accounts? Or why doesn't he know how to figure this out? And it took me a while to realize that I had set it all up like that. I had trained him to not have to be involved because every time he needed something, I would get on the computer, I'd log in, I'd figure it out. Right? So I realized that the reason why I did all of those key things was because I trained him that I would do it. And so, you know, we had to have some big conversations. We've had to have some big conversations over the years as I stepped back more and more and went more and more hands off with stuff. And uh, the process of that and him stepping more and more into figuring this stuff out was a real kind of like restructure of the, I would say, like unspoken agreements of the roles within our relationships, within our relationships, within our relationship. Well, kind of there are also like multiple relationships even within a marriage, hey? So, you know, a lot of the stuff, even when it, especially when it comes to intimate relationships or friendships, it's this, the, the whatever we set up is based on usually unspoken agreements. And often, there are unspoken agreements of I will take care of all of this stuff and you don't need to. And so uh, when we want to actually make a change in our relationships, we have to re-go back and address the unspoken agreements, but not from a place of I wish you would show up and do more stuff, right? Not from a place of pointing the finger and blaming the other person who's under-functioning. Because like, I had to realize for myself that the reason why our marriage was set up like that is because I had chronically overperformed within the relationship. I had chronically done way too much and hadn't ever even asked Hinari to step up and do some key things. So really, when I actually looked at it, I had set myself up like that. And when I started to look at it every through my, everywhere through my life, I could actually then see this like web of where I would rescue people. And so, you know, it was a process to unwind all that stuff, but it, good Lord, it is so worth it. I hope that this conversation is a wake-up call, I'd say, or helps you if you know that you've been stuck in that kind of a old cycle, helps you to see what's actually going on for yourself um, beneath the surface of just, I've got too much on my plate. And, uh, gives you some courage to actually start to look at it and unwind it. Because if we want anything to change outside of ourselves, we have to first make those shifts within ourselves. And when we do, we truly get to lead a new future. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is a reminder that if you're in Australia or New Zealand and you haven't yet got your tickets to the one, then go to the website now. Find the location closest to you and get it sorted. Early bird tickets will be ending soon. Man, massive breakthroughs, like unbelievable. Having the balls to actually be myself and 
not run away from challenges that I've probably run away from in the past and take them head on. It's taken me to another place. Yeah. I'm just not the same person that I was when I walked in. If you get an opportunity to experience this event, do it for you and everyone around you.